Digital Ramblers, welcome back to episode 118, and I'm here joined with my co-host, Chris Scamble, and today, our special guest, and she's a repeat, she's so fabulous, it's the wonderful Megan Ace. How are you? Very well, thank you. How are you, JJ? How are you, Chris? Well, I'm very well, thanks. Good to have you back on. Excited to have you returning. You don't have your, yes. your wingman, as you called him earlier. Um, continuing that Top Gun theme, we mentioned Top Gun before, and we don't have Chris with you, but last time on the show you were with Chris talking about Laser TV. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll get a recap on that um, as, we, as we go in, but give us a little intro to yourself, Megan, where you're from, what, you, what you're up to, and, uh, and we'll, we'll kick uh, it off from there. So my name is Megan Ace, and I run my own interior design um, company called Megan Ace Interiors. I also do quite a lot of collaborative work with companies on social media, so sharing content for them and producing and curating content for them. And I am now working with more and more commercial properties. So I do both residential and commercial. And I'm doing more things like this as well, podcasts, a bit more press. Uh, last year, I did a really brilliant um, kind of video with uh, the Sunday Times Star magazine about how to open up your space and different ways in which we can do that without just knocking down walls. Um, so a variety of things, mainly interior design and consulting in that kind of way. That sounds awesome. And it sounds like you've been busy. Like you don't sit still. You've got your oh. <laughs> hands and fingers into everything. I never sit still anyway, so it's a bad <laughs> habit of mine. But I think like you guys were just saying, you know, when lockdown 1.0 in March time, I had this huge sudden anxiety drop of, oh my gosh, all my work is just going to disappear. Ugh. Awful. But actually kind of as the year went on, it was quite the reverse of that. And I really have the, the kind of at the end of last year particularly was... I have to say the busiest year to date for me. Um, and I think probably you guys, again, will see this is that people are spending more time inside and we have, and people have got more money to spend um, on their interiors because people can't go on holiday. So where we would have as a nation, well, as, as, as a globe where we would have put money before, we now can't do that. So we are putting it into our home and our surroundings. Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting how we were having that conversation and, and Gamble and I, we've talked about it on several different episodes about how people are, you know, really refocusing their, their resources in their home and in their family as a whole. And, and it's exciting to hear that, you know, they're doing that through uh, interior design as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think there's, and I think more and more people are experimenting with DIY. I mean, I have to say, I haven't done anything yet apart from shuffle a few plants around just because of time. But people have been doing so much DIY and I think people are going to be slightly braver with their color choices um, because, um, I, you know, trade shows can't happen for us at the moment. So who knows what really the trends are. And if those that would have followed trends before, now they can't do that because, well, the trends can't be set because 
of course trade shows can't happen and a lot of that trickles down onto high street and shops and things for um that, you know for magazines to publish and we see those images and now that can't happen like i say so i think people are just going with their gut and just thinking okay well what color do i want to be surrounded by what makes me happy because that's all that matters it's one's home and it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks so i do think people will be brave with their choice you know on the last conversation we had with you we we talked about laser tv as a collaboration project you were working with the guys over at laser tv and chris pinder and all his many fingers he's got in pies now any quick update on laser tv we know it's been popular with our customers we've we've already been putting it in for customers any update yeah, on the collaboration that you guys are involved with yeah, so we are now at prototype stage with the furniture, and that's exactly it's kind of where we wanted, where we want to properly launch the product is when it when it's when we have the piece of furniture ready. And from my point of view, it's the bit that it's 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 USP really. And I think that the the fur we've been on quite a journey with the design of that furniture and. Um, almost providing or, or coming up with personas depending on who's buying the product are you a single man in a flat you might want it to look a particular way if, if you have a young family and you've got a larger house you might want it to look like something different so are, are you a, a, a couple a young couple young professional couple you might want something different as well you know we, I think we've been trying to create um, like I say a different design and eat an easily um remodeled design depending on who is buying it so that kind of uh almost shop by numbers basically and you can almost build your own into this thing so and your own design so you have onus on the product as well and i think we'll, we're going to see see that so you have a relationship with the piece of furniture before it's before it's arrived with you so that's so that's that part and that's really the bit that where i come in Sure. Um, but do have a look at um, the Laser TV website because they're now doing hires of the Laser TV. You can either have a midweek hire or a weekend hire, which again, for birthdays and things and celebrations, because of course we can't go out. I think people are willing and are happy to put kind of spend behind things like that. That's a great idea, JJ. Yeah. Hire a home cinema. I know yeah. as a family, we, we regularly hire a hot tub. In yeah, this, there you go. The summer, yeah. but also over the winter, we've hired hot tubs for some back garden fun for, for all age yeah. groups. So yeah, hire a home cinema is quite good. You can use it outside as well. So, you know, yeah. creating that outside space, that indoor, outdoor space. Um, and, you know, we've, me and my husband have got two young kids. And what we try and do is make our, our weekends at the moment during lockdown quite different from the week, mm -hmm. just to give us that different kind of mindset and switch so you know at, at the first lockdown every Friday they'd have a sleepover in our room so little things like that where you can just change up your week and also the kids kind of hooked on to those little anchor points of the week which I think routine is so crucial for us all and that's what will get us through yeah I love the idea of of bringing out you know maybe a laser tv to the back garden or the backyard I think that's a great idea and uh, honestly, it's just so portable and so compact, but that in living room, in family room furniture is what I'm all about. I love that. Yeah. And what I love is multi, not only multifunctional spaces, particularly now, even more so than ever on lockdown, but 
um, multifunctional pieces of furniture. I've got a, um, I'm gonna spin you around here. It's not styled at all because it's got all the kids work on it, but see this uh, shelving unit here. Mm. Um, here, so at the moment we're using it for homeschooling. So it's got all of our children's books, but here it's got um, wine, uh, like wine racks on it. Okay. Wine slots on it, so you can just slip wine glasses in there. And then, you know, if you're having a dinner party in the evening, it can become something quite different. A, you know, a, a little bar cart or um, a games counter or something like that. But, but not just future proving things, proofing things, but finding moments and pieces of furniture which gives it a completely different function because it's more sustainable, it's more affordable. Um, and like I say, you won't need to throw it away after five years once the kids have grown up and they're not homeschooling anymore. Let's hope it's not for five years. Um, but, you know, always considering, okay, well, how do I make this future proof? How, does, how do I make it so I don't have to throw away in 10 years and buy something else? You know, I, I love that. I can't make something that compact and that stylish. I mean, <laughs> it's like, well, that, you know, that was um, a very good friend of mine, um, his daughter, who is studying at university. And that was one of her final pieces, which we collaborated mm -hmm. on together. So and she wants to be an architect. So I think she'll probably fly. You know, Megan, one thing that I noticed right off the bat with you is that you're just so passionate about your about your craft, you know, and, and it, it, it exudes from you. And how does this transfer into your designs and styling? Well, again, I um, another just case study, which I finished at, um, just before Christmas was a playroom for a set of twins who are five years old. And um, so their mum first approached me back in the summer Sent me, a, sent me a kind of sample of the wallpaper that she was working, that she got um, a sample of. But it's completely, it's moved completely differently to what that was. But again, with the twins, they're five, you know, five, they're, they're not babies anymore. They need something um, a little more different than some like soft furnishings and um, things like that. So we made um, a bespoke double desk in there, which is fantastic now of course because of homeschooling yes um and then we did little things like um i introduced a pegboard for each for either twin that's a um a female twin and a male twin and they've uh, they've got uh, um, their own pegboard each on each side and they can dress it style it however they want so they've so the little girl has attached her teddy bears to it the boys attach like a, a few cars to it and things like that so I like to go beyond the paint color and beyond the wallpaper and think about, okay, well, it's, it, it has to be more holistic than that. You have to approach different senses, not only sight, but touch for the children and having onus on a space. And um, with my children, uh, with my son, cause he was four at the time, I just offered him up three samples of wallpaper, which I had chosen and then got him to pick the final one because not only you're reducing choice, but also giving, he thought he designed his own room, which I kind of steered him towards, but you know, it's his space as well. So having respect for that, that if you allow a client or a customer, no matter what their age to give you constructive feedback, then I think that's the only way to work because otherwise you'll create a really high-end, incredible design space that will be completely uncomfortable to the client. You know, as reading on your website, you've been, in this industry for up to 15 years, I think. And from various backgrounds, you've arrived at having your own business. And one of the things that was mentioned in your website was that you did a, 
a renovation of your own family home and you talked about working for families there was the renovation of your home a bit of a turning point or catalyst for the business that yeah. it, did it make you empathize more as well with your your clients when you went through that as well yeah absolutely it did and because when we first so I grew up in the house that I live in now but I, I so I moved in when I was four then left when I was 18 and then uh, my parents got divorced but my mum managed to keep the house but um, eventually when after my husband and I had had our second child my mum needed to downsize and we needed to upsize and we just kind of figured well let's buy each other's house and just see how we get yeah. on um, you know the bones of this home have always been um, there's something so soulful about this house I just love it it's it was the house that my mates would always stay in and my mum's pretty liberal so we had good times here <laughs> and but we wanted to make it our own um and that's really where the, the business I, I started documenting it on social media and then I just built traction and then um it's where the idea of the business was born really um but tiny little things like we had so I had a just two-year-old and then a week-old baby so we introduced things like trying to establish a routine with the tradesmen um, of when the baby would sleep, that they would kind of down tools for an hour. And we'd try and um, just get that rhythm together, have an open dialogue, but also like, okay, well, the baby needs to sleep at 11, so she can't have like drilling noise. Is there any chance you might be able to take your lunchtime then? Or a tea break then? And just kind of have that open dialogue from the offset and then nobody's gonna be pissed off because you know, the last thing a mother wants is a screaming baby, but the last thing a builder wants is to down tools at a crucial point. So I think that is absolutely key. It's having, I now have a little black book of um, people that I like to work with. And I think you get that rhythm and understanding once you've worked with people for a long time. And I don't know if you guys find this, but sometimes if I'm asked for re um, recommendations, if I'm not working on a project, I really don't like to recommend because it's all, I think, like everything it's mainly about the relationship you have so and if that relationship's not there with a the trade then it i think it, be, it can be quite disastrous but i think that that is the key message i think is just an open dialogue the whole time and trust absolutely let, let me ask you this megan over since things have changed since march have you seen your design styles or your clients design needs change to be more accommodating to be more whole family or um, yeah I mean even with the five-year-old twins I'd have never put a, a double desk into a playroom probably two years ago and now it's like yeah it's first on the list um and you know not immediately but I have a feeling future-wise we're going to be seeing walls going back up in places rather than every single wall coming down I think this kind of open plan one space one love living might have to adapt as we as we move forward with COVID and live have to live with COVID in that you, I think having a designated separate space is going to be what people are after rather than that oh I'm just going to do a half a day's work from the dining room table because I only work half a day at home a month so you could kind of work basically on your lap or in your bedroom but now it's not the case you know to, to really perform at 100% capability and capacity I, I think you need that separate space you know I'm finding it really hard juggling between the kids homeschooling and being able to just concentrate and get my head into a piece of design concept that I'm working with and you'll probably really love this because you're like techie and you love sound and things and 
oxide and AB. So I, I try and when I'm designing, I, I listen to different pieces of music depending on who I'm designing for. So, um, you know, if, if it's a grand opulent manor house, then a big loud <laughs> classical music. If it's twins, I was listening to The Lion King uh, when I was doing that mood board um, and just trying to get my head into, into that space, into the client space. Like, what do they, what do they wear? What do they like to smell? What do they like to eat? What do they like to listen to? Um, and then I've been working on a, a really cool, quite a cool um, doctor and nurses clinic. And for them, it's kind of more like a beeper chill, just like getting my head into that space really helps. But, you know, that takes time when I'm trying to learn what an adjective is. Didn't learn that at school or a verb. <laughs> and doing that and then thinking, oh, man, where was I? Who, who was I working from? And and then my youngest five is just like, can you uh, can you put me on mute? Can you unmute me? And you say, oh, my God, this is like this is impossible. But yeah, so going back to your question, I do, I do think having those separate spaces is now what I will try and weave into my designs and realizing the importance of that now, now that more and more people will be working from home more and more, irrespective of whether we're vaccinated or not. Yeah, I, and, and I, I think Chris and I, we've discussed that as well as, as companies actually are encouraged or, or kind of forced at the first to uh, encourage their employees to work from home. They actually see that they can accomplish as much as well yeah. as it also improves the quality of life that you have as, as an employee. And so I think they'll be, continue even when this whole pandemic um, uh, is, is cured per se, people will still choose as well as business will still businesses will still choose to maybe have their employees work remotely. And so I would, I, I would suspect that that would have a large impact on, on your design styles and maybe study nooks or office nooks and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like grabbing space where you can. And, you know, if it, even if it's under the stairs or something where, uh, again, I, I love at the moment to go to different spaces. Like it, before lockdown, we just lived in this extension area that I'm in now. Um, but we've got a kind of adult sitting room and then a middle room, which is our office. And we've never used the front adult sitting room just because it kind of seemed an effort to go there. Whereas now having a different space to go into at different times of the day just feels so magic. But, but you know, if you haven't got that with even downstairs, I've got my, my daughter's got one of those little um, cloth teepee things, um, which is generally sits in her room. But if, at uh, the beginning of last week, I bought it downstairs. So I just thought, okay, I, I need to create little pockets of space here where the children can go to, or, or I can go to, if anyone is just feeling a little bit like, oh man, this is just too much. And you know what it's like sitting in front of a screen all the time is, is, is what we try and advise against with our children. So now plonking them in front of that, there's bound to be meltdowns with everybody. So having a little space for them to go to, even if it is a makeshift TP within the space that you're going to, just allowing them to take themselves off if they need to or want to, I think is just crucial. You know, I've, I've always wondered during lockdown, all these Silicon Valley cool workspaces, cool offices that Google, Facebook and Twitter and stuff all created throughout the noughties and and they gave their, their staff these amazing places to work. I can't imagine how these people are coping being in, a, in their, you know, mum's bedroom or yeah, no, no, the yeah, guest no, room, no, or the kitchen no, table. Yeah, they're probably like, where's, 
the bullpen. <laughs> They're having to make their own lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they, they can't like press for champagne and stuff like that. <laughs> Bubbly, please. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, and but crucially, you know, all those offices now are just like sitting elephants. It's awful. Mm. Yeah, you really notice it when I, I drive through East London through Canary Wharf and how busy that station used yeah. to be. And now you just, so you've been it's in, a ghost town. You've been working, Chris, in London. Oh, for sure. You know, that yeah. just didn't stop at all because we still had the construction projects and the construction industry was was deemed as an essential. So it kept going. Yeah. And But you saw the, the, the work districts of London really change and the tourist districts really change, obviously, places like Hyde Park and places like Buckingham Palace and Trafalgar Square, which now all you see there is protesters, believe it or not. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, so tell us about some of the, the projects that you've been sharing with all of us on your social media channels, because one of them, I've seen you hanging about down at the pub. You were at the Rose oh, and yeah. Crown. What's going I on down there? Was the Rose and Crown. I did well yeah. there tonight. <laughs> on my first consultation they were like oh do you want half a pint i was like oh man i did say no um i think he was only joking but yeah they of course they've had to shut down again but that came mm. from a friend of a friend who recommended me they needed somebody to redesign this this space in a local pub and um feedback is fantastic they've put like the big roaring it's a it's a gorgeous cozy local um timber framed pub it's absolutely beautiful um but it, it it kind of felt like a reception banquet big open plan so again we needed to create those little separate zones and um again you'll know this the importance of lighting in in absolutely anywhere i think um it's so important so you know so before they they had wall lights but they were just bare bulbs so it was mm. just completely blinding to the eye um, so having like drop pendants at, at quite a low level, so it, it just produces a really nice glow on the table. Um, a little games area where you're just creating those little pockets of space within one open space. And one of them is an amazing chippy. So he created these beautiful dividing walls that um, are also removable. So uh, again, I was trying to reiterate this future-proof, multifunctional a banquet or a party for 50 that they can just, um, sorry, my internet's gone, um, but they can just kind of whip out those, um, uh, those dividers and then create a big space. Or uh, if it needs to be more COVID friendly or however you want to phrase it, then you can put those dividers back in and um, yeah, so it was a fantastic project, but it's, it's more or less, I've got so many projects that are kind of on the cusp of finishing and then this happens, so they can't open. And I have been, I haven't been to any clients actually this side of the year. Yeah. Feels not oh. so safe. But. But, so JJ, the Rose and Crown is basically the kind of things that Americans, they've never been able to recreate it. I've never been to a good pub in the States, you know, in the visits that I've been there. You just, you just don't, you haven't been able to crack the English pub, I'm afraid. No, well, not, nothing, nothing stays open yeah. that long. You know, it's, it's open for 10 years, maybe on a long run. And then, and then it closes down and maybe a new pub opens back up, but there's nothing that has that sustained longevity that really kind of has that, that history, that vibe to it. 
that's really interesting. So do you not get, um, do you not have pubs that are owned by other companies that then they just bring management in? So the building's there and the pub stays there? No, no, not at all. Okay. Nothing, nothing that I can think of off the top of my head. But uh, no, it, it's usually just pubs that open up or, or we call them bars that, that open up and they're there for several years and they have their run and they close down and you have an empty shell and somebody will come and buy or, or lease right. it out and open up their new, open up their new pub. But, but there's no, yeah, no so heritage works, built. Right. Okay. Yeah, it works quite differently here. And, mm. um, but when I went in, like the walls were bare and I just thought, okay, well, how can we get, their budget was basically zero. That's so okay, how can you get, <laughs> that sounds normal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Welcome to our world. So it, how much you got to spend? Yeah, nothing. nothing. Oh, right, but I can give you a pint. Okay, we can make it work probably. Actually, now I'll take a pint. Um, but, um, you know, when you, uh, how, how can you decorate a wall where it's not just kind of print from a standard website? Um, well, then I thought, I know, we'll put a call out to a local artists. There's, you know, it, Worcestershire, we've got some incredible photographers, fine artists, contemporary artists abstract artists around the area so I put a pitch out on my Instagram and Facebook and a call out for local artists to exhibit their work and use it basically as a gallery um, and now it's full of local work and I'm hoping that the um, the pub manager will rotate that every three or four months and curate their own little space and then again going back to this kind of multifunctional space is that okay well maybe one morning every week or every other week it can be an art and a coffee morning so you're bringing in different customers and you're and you're making the the space that you're in your commercial building work as hard as it possibly can for you and i think the key to that is diversifying you know we've recently started a project with one of our hospitality clients a, a restaurant in chelsea on king's road client who we've done two other venues for them and i was speaking to the owner and he said i said to him look things must have been tough for you, Richard. And he said, you know, unbelievably tough. It just took us to our knees. And I said, you've taken on this new project, which is interesting. You know, you're continuing on and you're, you seem quite energized. And he's like, Chris, the roaring 20s is just about to come our way. You know, yeah. this is going to be the decade where we partied. Okay, we had a slow start, but come yeah. 2022, 2023, 20, we're going to have the roaring 20s again. So I'm interested in... What could we be inspired by from the previous 20s, the 1920s in interior design? Because that was an amazing period for design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, is, that you're seeing now all over Netflix and things like that. When you, um, even if you see like the Queen's Gambit, you watch mm. so much of this that is now coming. You look around your house and like, oh, shit, I've got that light. Oh my, oh my God, I, I thought I was just ahead of the curve and I've just put that exact light into someone's design uh vibe board or concept board whatever you call it um so i, I love that everything is cyclical isn't it mm. and um whether it's interiors fashion trends um and exactly like you were saying chris i was having a conversation with a good friend of mine last week and he was saying i think we're going to see a massive rise in culture everybody is going to go out hopefully they're going to put big spend behind going to the theater and um spending money on um moments and memories and money can't the stuff that money can't buy that now i think the one positive thing that covid has bought is it's stripping away that and that really doesn't matter and it all it does all that matters is 
um, family and friendships and love and connection and being secure within the space that you live in. Um, so yeah, I'm interested to see where trends, are. I think it's just gonna be a massive mega mix of whatever, whatever makes you happy, just do it. You know, Megan, there's two areas that, that you really put your, your work out on and that's on your Facebook page. Megan Ace Interiors, and then also out on your Instagram page. I think you live there on your Instagram page, Megan Ace Interiors as well. And Digital Ramblers, if y'all haven't visited her page, please go over to Instagram and Facebook and give it a like uh, because she's always posting things that are super interesting and great food for thought for, for designing and uh, you know very inspirational. But one thing that I noticed about about your images is it seems like you always have like this one luxury statement item in each of the yeah. rooms. Yeah. What, what's your thinking behind that? Well, I think if you put, it's, it's like how we dress. Um, if you like, this is this dress, this necklace I'm wearing now is like the most precious thing that I own. It's from my mom, but then this jumpsuit I've got is from a vintage shop, um, relatively cheap. Um, I think if you, and if you kind of translate that theory into your home, you can get away with having, um, you know, not necessarily designer paint, you can get it mixed on quite a budget, but spending money on like a gorgeous looking bath where you're just going to feel like a million dollars in or um, spending a little money, extra money on the lighting rig or, or just like how the lighting is designed, putting money behind that. Or you might want a really lovely luxury velvet sofa, something that is going to draw someone's eye to that and forget, somebody else but something that is going to make you feel really special um or you know i wear a, a really nice brand of perfume like putting money behind things like that just one or two pieces um or it might be a chair or something that is going to make the, the room feel really special and then kind of designing the room and layering up the room around that one item will give you a really good start and good piece of motivation for the rest of the design concept could that actually be a bit of a money saver that you're not buying lots of luxury statement pieces in one room you're actually then being quite frugal and and you know upcycling and, and yeah you know, yeah and making that's your own that's definitely kind of where i sit in the market as well in that okay you can reuse and um repurpose things so easily by just taking it from one room and plonking it into another um you know when it, it's I think it's almost quite crass that you can't buy style and you 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 know when you see people like dress mm. head to toe in labels and you just think oh all of it well all of it just looks pretty shit actually <laughs> but you know I think having taste like that or buying secondhand um buying from Facebook marketplace or eBay or whatever it might be and um, mixing it, mixing vintage with contemporary it also tells a story, you know, that there is so much thought behind a piece of furniture that, you, you, that for you is so personal and it, you might have bought it in India or somewhere in Europe or America or, it, it, you know, it's a point of conversation and having moments like that, like you're creating your own little museum in your house where things tell a story. It's not just because you chucked a load of money at it because Hey, that's meaningless, isn't it? It's just anyone can buy that. Well, not all of us, but you know, most a lot of people can. Where when it's when it's a special find or there's um, there's one piece that makes you really really proud to own that piece, and then 
be creative around that and just use that, like I say, as your as your motivation and then build build your scheme from that. You know, to satisfy the tech lovers in our audience, answer this quick question then. Can a piece of technology be the luxury and statement item in, in the room? Of course, yeah, because okay. that's like, that's again, <laughs> I think what I always bang on about is, is every sense as well. So whether I'm not really into those, you know, I, I, have you seen there's a bit of a trend at the moment where a speaker's kind of built into like a lamp or okay. something. Yeah. It doesn't look like it's meant, to, it's, I think a speaker should look like a sexy speaker really. Okay. But you know, we've, we've got um, a, uh, is it Bose or something like that, but an integral mm -hmm. um, sound system um, and surround sound. And, it, and we love it. It's, it's, fun, it's brilliant. And of course there that, yeah, absolutely. Or if it was gonna be a lazy TV, maybe that's that's your bit of spend where that's your budget buster where you've put like really decent money behind it. But I think something like that, the, the return in hours of entertainment is gonna be, it's gonna cost nothing compared to how it'll make you feel. Um, and I think that's, that's another key is how does it make you feel? Like you wanna walk into a space, okay, listen to the music for a particular mood. If your luxury item is a gorgeous luxe velvet sofa, then amazing. But then, you know, you can, but then, like I say, you want to, you might want to get your paint mixed so you don't buy the, the designer high-end paint. You can do that on a bit of a budget as well. And then you can buy a furniture and upcycle it yourself. Um, or you can wait for the sales or, or you can just borrow something from another room that you don't use as much. I was going to ask, I, I was going to ask for the statement piece, is this something that that like you're you're interviewing? Are you extracting information from the client that kind of guides you on where this statement piece might really need to be emphasized? Yeah. Or is this something that you're presenting to, you know, to whoever you're, is, is employing um, you? Or? I think all of that is picked up from that very, very initial conversation. You know, when you meet someone instantly, I'll always do a, um, a real life design consultation. And within five minutes, you can, I can kind of read someone quite well and um, work out, well, okay, it's an it's a incredible home. Let's put a really decent money behind a really beautiful brass mirror when you walk into this space, because that's exactly what it deserves. But then let's save here and here. And if it's, you know, this toddler room that I've just finished, there was no, there's no point in spending loads of money on a sofa for two five-year-olds that are going to draw all over it. Yeah. So, you know, have a, have a slightly cheaper one that is going to last a long time, but that you might be able to reupholster or something like that in the future. Um, and the, the curtain, I did their bedrooms as well. And the curtains we just got from Ikea because the bespoke um, curtain quote was a couple of grand per room. And you just think, Again, they're five years old. They don't really need um, like what the equivalent of five grand curtains, yeah. thousand pounds curtains. So, you know, but, but like I say, that is the market that I sit in, probably above average salary income because then people can afford to hire an interior designer. Um, you know, mid that kind of mid to high end where some there are a few families that would think two or three thousand pounds is nothing for curtains, but that's not where I sit. Uh. Yeah, uh, that's where I, that's that's where Hope and I made our first mistake. Is we got really nice sofas, first out the shoot, and didn't have kids yet. And I could I, I could have used a designer to help me yeah, <laughs> through that thought process. 
Could you get really gorgeous ones and then they just yeah and and now they're gone and you don't want to be a kind of parent that is like don't touch that don't sit there no no, no don't touch that no you you know they're, they're kids like that you, we don't live in show homes it's not like a living magazine that we're that we all there's also about. there's also another end to the scale where you just let the kids run riot and that yeah. <laughs> that's a different interior design <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. the kids interior design yeah. yeah exactly yeah too much too that's too stressful when I was looking through your social media, I, I saw a new term and a, I think it was a post you shared, but I was just intrigued by the term that was used and whether you could expand on what it meant. And the, the, the concept was the fifth wall, yes. the ceiling of, of a room being yes. this underutilized design space. Yeah, because someone years ago told us that ceilings have to be white and we all just said, oh, okay. Uh, and then that, and then that's it. We've all, everyone has seemed to have done that for many years whereas you know it, it current if you paint a ceiling dark i promise you it won't pull the ceiling in it elevates it and it makes the room more cohesive and it blurs that boundary between the ceiling and the wall so your eye is kind of it, your eye doesn't walk into a room and say oh okay there's the ceiling if it's you know if you are using the, the same color on the wall as you uh, on the ceiling as you are as the walls it becomes completely like all enveloping and you, nobody, you don't really recognise straight away where the ceiling is. Whereas if it's white against dark walls, it's very obviously there. Um, but use it for a feature wall, maybe you can wallpaper it, you can paint it a different colour, you can paint it the same colour as the skirting boards. Um, you know, white can be quite cold. Um, sometimes white does work as well. We've got white in our bathroom because we've got quite a large freestanding white bath and I wanted to kind of echo that on the ceiling. And we've got very dark walls, but you know that I am tempted to paint that dark, the ceiling dark as well to see how that feels. But I promise you, it, it everyone, tend, a lot of people tend to think that it might make the room feel smaller, whereas in fact it makes it feel larger. And as you're saying that, I'm thinking of all these amazing churches and halls and, and theatres that where you, you you look up and you're just in awe with the detail that was put into a ceiling in the yeah. 1600s, 1700s, 1800s, and then we stopped. Yeah. <laughs> and we stopped. Yeah. Yeah, just like someone told us to paint our woodwork white and we just said, okay, we'll do that as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, really good listening. And then, um, and then we haven't, you know, it is now creeping through. I think we'll, we'll see that. And going back to what I said earlier about people experimenting more. And, you know, if you lie in the bath and you look up that you want something fun Mm. on the ceiling sometimes. Um, But with uh, this twins project that I did at the the end of last year in the playroom, I added, um, it's a uh, a Georgian property, so full of amazing features, Um, but the previous vendors had taken down the picture rail. So for Americans that, do you know what, well, some British people might not know, but a picture rail kind of sits three quarters up the room and it's like, it creates like a kind of border around the room, like a little wooden um, uh, piece of, yeah, a little dado, but it's called a picture rail because it kind of sits higher. Um, and then so for that room, I got the ceiling colour, which was a pale pink and pulled it down kind of to um, like three quarter, a quarter of the way up the walls. So the, so the ceiling kind of comes down rather than the walls go up. And again, it creates a kind of nice enveloping space. And just a little bit different from that kind of where the ceiling meets the wall sometimes, it can be quite harsh. That's, that sounds so interesting i think i'm gonna go get a, a bucket of paint maybe see what it see what my ceiling turns into do it because all my life i've lived with a white ceiling i mean that just sounds so 
daring and <laughs> yeah no, i promise you everybody that whenever clients have gone okay they i haven't had one yet touch wood regret what they've done you know one thing that we a question that we haven't asked or or of you is what is and and this is completely off of off you know uh trail here is there a project that that you really went daring on and and it turned out just absolutely fabulous you know like you're like oh man i don't know if i should go there and you went there and you're like yeah again probably this one this playroom that i finished recently for these twins because it was completely different to what the initial pitch was or a or kind of what my client initially wanted and it was a lot of um, again waking up with anxiety in the middle of the night i had this bespoke wallpaper made a wallpaper mural that um it's a company called rebel walls and you have to give them the exact dimension of the wall which sounds easy but oh man when it's like 500 pound piece of wallpaper it's like heart stopping i was waking up in the middle of the night just thinking oh, shit did i did i get it right did i account for the picture rail and the skirting board and all those things where because once it's cut, it's cut and it comes, yeah. comes in rolls, but it's like, you don't get any wasted. So there's no room for wiggle. Um, so it's it's like, like, us, like us measuring blinds. There's a shade. Oh, <laughs> I'm thinking yeah. the same thing, yeah. like. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys, like high end budget blinds, don't you? That basically you can work from, well, over anxiety inducing stuff, but it was, an, Oh, my internet's gone. Can you still hear me? I've got you, yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, good. Um, but yeah, all those things where you're just like, oh, they've, this client has put their trust in me and I um, I feel quite responsible here. Um, but on that, I, I will always get someone to measure and then measure again and then get somebody else on site to measure <laughs> just, just to make sure. And then, and then you know what it's like, like actually typing those measurements into the internet and oh, then yeah. it comes in and then you're like, no, no one talking to me. It's so <laughs> crucial that I get this right. Oh yeah. And then I always like I, I screen grab it and everything like that, and just to make sure, okay, okay, I think that's right. But you know, initially the the brief there was big, bright um, playroom, and it was quite the antithesis of that. It was quite mature, um, very leafy green, and I think again that kind of reconnection with nature, even if you're indoors and it's a picture of a tree, I think that that still is going to um, give, bring benefits uh, to us as we, as we move forward. Mm. And moving, so, yeah. for, moving forwards then, what, what exciting projects have you got lined up for this year? You're going to finish that pub and go and enjoy. Yeah, I'm going to finish that. And enjoy yeah. yeah. And then I've got, so I'm working on a medical center in their reception area. And then three, I've got four, I think five actual residential projects. And I find that I, I go in to do one room and then it's like, oh, actually, can you do our bathroom? Actually, can you do mm. our master bedroom as well? So they're kind of always ongoing, which I love. And then um, a kind of top secret commercial property that is with the architects as we speak. And I'm just about to start the concept on that design. Mm. Um, and, and then I've got a few collaborative projects as well with companies just curating stuff for online um, promotion, which again, I think is where we're going to see a rise as well with that kind of um, decent niche influencery marketing where people are using companies using people with a, um, a decent following on social media to promote their product because it's the only way to get product out sure. 
because of it, course again like you're fine because trade shows and things aren't happening it's the only way to get your products seen do you get a, a rush of inquiries at this time of year with the things like grand designs coming back on tv and, and a few yeah, homes programs appearing and I think people like doing budgets and, you know, looking at their spend for, well, for the next financial year. Um, a lot of it now I'll say no to because mm -hmm. I'll get emails like, oh, we'd love to work with you. You're amazing. But we haven't got any budget. Uh, do you want this product for free? And you're like, man, do you know what? It's no years gone by. I probably <laughs> would have done that, but it takes a lot of work. It is, sure. you know, a de decent um, uh, kind of curation is takes uh, takes a lot of time and especially now when you've got when the house is just well it's just full of kids stuff you know it's impossible to to keep it tidy and actually like you it'd be like me saying to you oh would you mind in, uh, coming to do a big uh, sound system for me and make it like really good and I'll just give you like something I'll give you I'll buy you a pint yeah, that's, 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 that's our that's the normal pitch yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. we hear that all the time yeah. it's it unfortunate nice. all right digital ramblers megan ace on the show today dropping it hot a lot of great information there pull over stop jogging get out your phone because megan ace is going to tell you exactly where you can find her if you want to follow her megan please let our listeners know where is the best pay place that they can follow you. Maybe ask questions. Uh, maybe, I of course. Know, I, love questions. I love a good chat. So you can find me on Instagram, which is at Megan Ace Interiors. Uh, Facebook is Megan Ace Interiors. And I'm on www.meganaceinteriors.co.uk. Excellent. And it's a very good website as well. I had to read some of the blogs today, last minute research. But um, yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the website and I've, I've kind of like happened to reignite the fire inside me because my wife and I are moving home this year, very soon actually, in a couple of weeks into a 1930s house. And we're oh, excited wow. about um, some of the design choices we can make there and what oh, yeah. features we can uh, return to the home because I think a lot of things have been covered up and uh, we're, yeah. we're going to see what we can bring back. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. There's going to be uh, a lot of tech going into it, but also my wife's very adamant that there's going to be some interior styling getting done of, of each room. Good, good. Well, yeah, thanks for saying that about my website too, because it, it's the one place where I need to work on. And I'm really bad with, you know, I haven't been able to get professional sh shots of the projects that I've done nearly, well, for months. So, yeah. you know, before and afters and documenting all of that, it's, it's, I've just been, it's hard doing it all, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of places that you can, you know, solicit your yeah your, your trade oh, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I'm like with you guys, but I think the most like again like kind of diversification and using multiple platforms is really useful because the person that uses Instagram might not necessarily use a web uh, the uh, uh, your website and so on and so forth. So yeah. Oh, for sure, and that's that's a whole other discussion about you know where where you're capturing your audience and we found the podcast to be very successful for us too as a as a different outlet that we can be creative in and um again i just recommend everyone start a podcast <laughs> 2021 yeah, yeah. start a podcast yeah yeah. yeah 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 and also kind of gives it's like a behind the scenes story to you guys as well and you know i think it's really interesting and chris i have to say i think you, well both you i think you've got ocd which is amazing 
<laughs> so the work I see that you that you guys produce is incredible. You're so neat. I love it. I won't get paid if I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I literally won't. That's, no, the, that's the expectation, but, yeah. But you know, it does. It does. Like hats off to you. your work is absolutely impeccable. It's it, it, like joyful to see. I think the kind of work that it, it it's it's like art. Some of the those wires. I know it's like for me. It's just I love the color and but it is like a piece of art. It's so clever. Okay, JJ, let's let's wrap this one up because it's been a fantastic episode and I know we're going to get a good reaction again like we did the last time we had Megan on and will she be the first person to come back on three times? Let's see. So, Digital Ramblers, thank you very much for your attention. You know where to find us. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. Check out our website, digitalrambleshow.com and please drop us an email and a question if you want to ask a home tech pro a question. It's digitalrambleshow at gmail.com. Absolutely. And friends, if you don't know, find a home tech pro or an interior designer. <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys.